Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 124 of the Far Bend Metal Podcast. I'm your host and guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. I have a very special episode as I finally found an excuse to nerd out on one of my favorite podcast hosts of all time, uh, Allie Gertz. Allie Gertz was the host of the Everything's Coming Up Simpsons Turned Round Springfield podcast, as well as Fire Talk With Me, a podcast about Twin Peaks. She is also a comedian, a writer, and a musician. And on the musician side of things, she is currently crowdfunding an album of all Nine Inch Nails covers called Peeled Back. You can find the link to the Kickstarter in this episode description, where she tells the story about how it all came to be, but if also... But if you'd rather just listen to it, continue listening. We talk about how she got into Nine Inch Nails, how it was showing her mother her cover of Closer, future potential projects, and of course The Simpsons comes up as it should because I host this show, and if you're going to get a chance to talk with somebody about The Simpsons, why not it be somebody who literally wrote a book on The Simpsons? 100 Things The Simpsons Fans should know and do before they die with her former co-host julia prescott snow before we dive into my chat with Allie gertz and we talk all things nine inch nails and really all things here's a bit of exclusive um i don't think you can hear this anywhere else uh this is a bit of her cover of the nine inch nails song wish which is one of my absolute favorite nine inch nail songs and she turns it into a really haunting slow just mysterious song uh you can listen to that right now as we jump into my chat with Allie Gertz. Wish there was something real, wish there was something true. Uh, Allie Gertz, welcome to Far Beyond Metal. Um, I'm not sure where you are with heavy metal in general, but you have something going on that I think is metal adjacent and very cool. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm also just a big fan of yours in general. You've had one of my favorite podcasts of all time and everything's coming up Simpsons turned uh, around Springfield. Uh, so yes, thank you for coming on the show and uh, we'll dive into a bunch of stuff. But uh, how, how's your day been so far? So far, so good. Um, I love being told that what I'm working on is kind of metal because that works kind of as slang as well. Um, I think the Simpsons podcast was metal in that way, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> felt, felt a little punk rock, felt a little metal. It's punk rock, yeah. But I mean, Bart Simpson was at one time the epitome of punk rock. Isn't that weird? <laughs> and, Very weird. <laughs> and I mean, Spinal Tap were on there. There's the meme of them doing their I love their the Spinal Tap appearances. So good. I, let's just go. Let's start here. Uh, so, like, the heavy metal in The Simpsons has been, you know, pretty rare, but it's usually it's usually a good time. Um, I mean, Aerosmith's not metal, but they're in the Flaming <laughs> Mo episode a favorite. Spinal Tap, which with Harry Shearer being involved, seems easy. But I know that that's such an interesting. Um thing to I feel like a lot of Simpsons fans, myself included, sometimes forget that Harry Shearer is harry shear yeah. so it's not just that he's simpsons but he's also just like such an incredible actor and musician in all of the chris guest movies it's crazy he's just like so amazing at like even within one episode i don't think about harry shear ever because i just think about the characters that he does i'm kind of in a weird opposite with um god i can't even remember his name but he's on better call saul i can't not see the spinal tap dude when i'm watching better call saul <laughs> michael mckeon yes exactly oh he's incredible that's so funny yeah i i feel that way with better call saul as well even though michael's performance like is transformative and amazing um i was so obsessed with spinal tap that it was like impossible if i was looking at harry Shearer, if the simpsons was live action mm -hmm. there's no way i would be able to 
like separate those, I think. You've seen those nightmare AI things of where the Simpsons are made to look like actual people, right? Oh, God, yes. I hate it. I'm, re I'm really mad you brought that up because Sorry. I fortunately <laughs> forgot about it. And now I'm going to have nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> well, my apologies there. Um, there is a light, very, very small connection from uh, the project you're working on, Peeled Back and The Simpsons. And uh, I Yes, if there is. <laughs> oh, good. I figured your Simpsons nerdery could find it. But um, <laughs> I think Nine Inch Nails get one shout out in The Simpsons as far as the episode I've seen, which is in the... Uh, Homer Palooza. Exactly. It's just on yes. the wall in the back. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it, uh, so there's a Nine Inch Nails poster, um, but Homer is talking about how these uh, basically there are all these bands that don't have staying power, including Smashing Pumpkins, Nine Inch Nails, and like clearly bands that the Simpsons writers knew were going to have the staying power. That's what makes the joke work. Of course. And then as of this recording, we're doing Smashing Pumpkins announce a tour today. So they're definitely still kicking oh, hey. in the, you know, uh, Trent's <laughs> yeah. got all his Emmys and scores and whatnot. So he's fine. They he's knew what's just up. just fine. Simpsons, <laughs> Simpsons predicted it. Um, has there ever been an artist either from The Simpsons or something else that you found because of the media you're watching that you wouldn't, one might not expect that to become your fandom? Oh, ask, ask me that again so I understand it. Okay, uh, so. Say it one more time. Example, because that was poorly worded i admit it so my favorite <laughs> artist of all time in music is beck i got into okay. the music of beck because of futurama because he was oh in God. one episode uh where he's basically the focus of it they play a bunch of his music and i'm like oh this guy's got a wild catalog i have to dive deep and now it's like my biggest obsession has oh, you, i love that have you ever yeah. had that with somebody <clears throat> i have um yeah uh i would say that chaos chaos is a band that i learned about because of rick and morty and um you know uh, i I like Chaos Chaos now more than I like the show <laughs> and anyone involved. <laughs> um, but that band actually was the um, inspiration for when I did do a Rick and Morty concept album. I was trying to sound like that band because I think they're so cool. And if you don't know them, I really recommend checking them out. When I uh, looked you up in Apple Music, you have you have two listings, uh, one for Cosby Sweater, one for your, your name. And yeah. for your name, they were one of the recommended artists. Uh, for Cosby Sweater, the number two person after you is Childish Gambino. Did you know that? I love that. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. Another example of a band that I learned about because of a project. Um, I don't know if this really counts, but Buffy, I learned about um, uh, Nerf Herder because I the first Nerf Herder song I ever heard was the Buffy theme song. And then I didn't know that they had original stuff and then got super into the original stuff. And then, of course, that circled back around and they got you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which Pretty is... good. I wish I, I'm kind of disappointed that that has only happened with one band. How come every band that I love isn't writing songs about me? Well, peeled, what do I have to do? <laughs> peeled Back is young. It's a young project. It's not out yet. Maybe ha has anybody from the Nine Inch Nails camp like reached out either past, present, like uh, contributors or anything? Um, well, I've gotten to uh, digitally uh, befriend, and I put that in heavy quotes, um, <clears throat> Rob Sheridan. Uh, ba basically, he and I have been Twitter friends, and when there was that weird little time of everyone looking for different apps because Elon Musk took over Twitter, <laughs> there was like, let's move over to Hive, let's move over to this place. And like, there was a little bit of like, okay, we keep following each other and all the things, but that's that's the extent of our extremely close friendship. Um, I recently sent him some demos, and I'm curious to see what he thinks, but we'll see. No pressure if you're listening, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's still pretty Please rad. tell me I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so these, the, uh, the Nine Inch Nails songs you're covering, well, I guess a lot of this is covered on the Kickstarter. Uh, the, the yeah, but the who reads the Kickstarter? So, yes. Uh, how... how <laughs> 
how do you get so into Nine Inch Nails so recently? Yeah, so um, a bit of backstory is that my dad like really spoon fed me all of my musical taste and was pretty, um, in a fun way, controlling about what we listened to growing up. And so it just never made it into my universe. Nine Inch Nails never was something that I was spoon fed. And so if I ever had listened to any songs, it was definitely in the background, never recognized that it was Nine Inch Nails. Um, the first time that I ever learns like what type of music they do was um, in one of the greatest episodes of TV of all time, which is the Twin Peaks Return episode where the Nine Inch Nails appears. Mm -hmm. And I think that on the podcast that I had at the time called Fire Talk With Me, I break down uh, my reaction to the Nine Inch Nails saying like, I didn't know that the Nine Inch Nails was good. <laughs> like, I, I didn't know this band was good. For some reason, I had equated them with like, I don't know. I don't know what I thought that they were going to be, but it, it was not that. And I was like, that was cool. But then I, I completely forgot about it, put a pin in that. It didn't inspire me to um, like check out their work. And years later, last year, um, almost exactly a year ago, um, my friend Andrew was um, playing me the downward spiral on the on a ride home. And um, the next day I was like, what were we listening to? That was so good. And he told me downward spiral, but I recommend starting at pretty hate machine and just going through the whole catalog. And so I put it on and it hit me at the exact right time that I needed it because I was going through like a really brutal time in my life. Like my cat was dying that I've had for like 13 years. And it was like a slow, brutal, painful death. And then also my relationship was experiencing a slow, brutal, painful death. And it was like, listening to Nine Inch Nails was the first time that I felt like I was allowed to be angry because mm -hmm. I've never really listened to music that has like angry, like visceral feelings. Like, uh, you know, I think of like even something that is more on the metal side or even just straight up metal. Like, you know, I grew up like my dad is, you know, um, Gen X and like he liked Judas Priest and Metallica and Iron Maiden and stuff like that stuff is fun to me, though. It's not like cathartic in my experience. This was cathartic and like changed my brain chemistry. And I just liked listening to it so much. And it gave me so much of an emotional um just release that I was thinking like, man, I really wish that I could show this to my mom and my friends and like all these people um, and get them into Nine Inch Nails. But I kind of know that they're going to hate it because they do not like this style of music and would be really intimidated by all the layers and all the soundscapes and like the lyrics at times. And so I thought like, wouldn't it be fun if I could find a way to rearrange these songs um, so that even my mom would like them and, you know, and hopefully people that like Nine Inch Nails would also be able to hopefully enjoy hearing it in this new, uh, this new register, this new style. How has your mom heard what you've recorded so far? Yes. <laughs> what was her reaction to Reptile, Closer? Uh, what else? Is <laughs> so I've been waiting to show her Reptile because I, I really want to film her listening to... I haven't made her listen to actual Nine Inch Nails yet, and I know it's going to be very good. And so I'm going to... She doesn't know this yet, but I'm going to record her listening to Nine Inch Nails Reptile and then mine. And I already know the... <laughs> knowing how my mom reacts to my music, she's going to have like a sigh of relief and be like, I'm just so happy it's your voice singing this song now. But um, I have shown her my cover of Closer, which is a weird one to show a parent. Like I haven't been, I haven't exactly been itching to show my dad my cover of Closer. It's just kind of like a little too weird. You know what I mean? Like I'm not showing family members my thirst traps that I post on Instagram. It's just a little weird um, to see, to sing those words. But my mom, I did show it to her and she was just like, the lyrics are a little bit much for me, but it's very beautiful. And um, 
when I showed her, um, what was her favorite song that I did? She really liked March of the Pigs because I do a pretty different um, adaptation of it. And she thought it was very beautiful, but was very haunted by the lyrics. Um, and she was kind of just asking like, <clears throat> like, what is this about, <laughs> you know? And <clears throat> I don't really know what to tell her because those lyrics are so fascinatingly dark and morbid. Um, but she she really is enjoying the arrangement so far. And I don't know if it will make her a Nine Inch Nails fan, um, but I know that she is indirectly a fan of Trent Reznor's work. I've heard your some of the clips that you've put on Instagram and the clips that are on the Kickstarter page. How much yeah. rearranging are you doing of the music? Is there like subtle melodies if you listen for them, they're still there? Or is this completely rewriting that part of it? definitely not rewriting um it really is peeling back the layers of what makes it this industrial goth type of sound and um for the most part it is just you know i keep saying peeling back but that is why i named it that i i'm just kind of um removing some of these aspects and then because it's being sung um in my voice which you know I'm, I'm not only a woman but i have like a particularly breathy and soft kind of delicate voice for most of the album <clears throat> that's all you really need to do in my opinion to kind of transform these songs however there are certainly um changes to um certain aspects where I'm adding strings and I'm creating some melodies that weren't already there with reptile um I am kind of flourishing or like adding a little bit to the melody, um, just making it a little bit um, more of a range, I guess, so that it's less, I hesitate to use the word monotone, but like I'm just adding a little bit more dynamics to certain um, phrases uh, just so that it sounds a little bit more like a Amy Mann song. You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, Reptile is, just call it monotone is not accurate, but you know, it's, you're right. It is a straightforward song, but like, have you seen Nine Inch Nails live? I have. Okay. So I got into them of April of last year, which was, you know, 2022. And uh, they toured in September. I drove out um, with some coworkers, including my friend Andrew, who introduced me to the band, and then my sister, um, who lived in the Bay Area. And we went to go see them at the Berkeley bowl which Holy was incredible. Shit. i was That's... at that show i'm wearing that shirt oh right now oh my god well i was in the pit were you in the pit i was on the first step of the pit because i'm short and i like to see <laughs> oh my god i wonder if you bruised me i was absolutely covered in bruises it was my first time being in a pit that was of that nature typically like i'm up at the front every time that i can but you know people are pretty polite at the shows that i tend to go to so there's no actual like pushing and shoving i loved being pushed and shoved around and especially during march the pigs oh yeah it was just such a fun like aggressive but still communal experience and i have to be honest with you like being pushed around in the mosh pit to march the pigs watching trent reznor and nine inch nails for the very first time in my life it's my favorite memory <laughs> like it is my favorite night of my life yeah i two things on that one reptile is the heaviest song when played live like heavy song i've ever seen felt whatever when they hit that guitar after the intro oh my god and yeah. at that show, like I, I was like, oh, I know, I basically know how they're gonna end. Maybe I'm gonna skip out a little early. Went to the bathroom, missed. I th was it the Bowie thing, or is that the other time they played the Bay? Uh, whatever the first encore was, and I came back and it was a reptile. I was like, oh shit, I have to stay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so then I went to go see them two more times um, on this tour. So I went to what was the show? Santa Barbara. 
And then I went to, they played LA at some festival. Um, and the second time that I saw them, I was in normal seats and I promised myself. And I think my friend agreed as well. Like never again, I'm never not being in the pit ever. Like it is just so much more fun, but it was nice to be back in the seats and kind of see the light show and be able to appreciate what they're doing with copy of a and kind of see like, there's a lot of interesting intricacy going on with some of the set choices that I thought was cool. It was cool to hear the music a little bit better just because I'm not next to one speaker. There's a balance, but it's just so fun being up at the front. Nine Inch Nails shows are so much fun. Like, and I, I, I even think there's like a bit of humor to them with Trent. Uh, th I saw them in Mountain View, I don't know, maybe eight years ago or something. And the house lights were on. It was uh, it was about that time for them to start. And Trent just walks out on the stage. House lights are still on. Walks up to a drum machine, pokes a button, and then just does like the first half of Copy of A with the house <laughs> lights on. And then as soon as they go off, it becomes a disco. And like the mood totally changed. But it felt very weird just because like we could see everything. And, he, and just like, I don't... It was like the most baller move, the way the perfect way to start a show. And Incredible. I think about I... it all the time. I I think that so far you're the first person I've talked to that agrees with me um, that Trent Reznor is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, just like not even talking about like in interviews or anything, um, but he just has such a sense of humor within his music and within his performances. Like I I couldn't love it more. Um, oh, uh, at the Berkeley show when he just tosses the guitar after that one song wasn't going well. <laughs> I know I don't know if it was supposed to be funny. It was very funny. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Um. Sorry, I just got got bogged down in wanting to talk about how much I love Nice Nails Live. Oh, um, uh, so I pledged thirty five to your Kickstarter because I'm somebody that wants more of a good thing. So I want all the beasts. I basically every anything you're gonna record, I'm be like, yes, I want that. I want that. Uh, and I love that one of the stretch well not not stretch goal, but one of that levels uh songs is god given which means that you went deep on this catalog and you're giving some oh, yeah. respect to year zero which is one of my favorite albums of theirs um i love year zero. year zero i love year zero so much um and yeah what's interesting for me is coming into nine inch nails late i have no loyalties to any specific albums based on my childhood or how old I was when I came up, up upon it. A lot of people that um, fell off of Nine Inch Nails fell off of it because they reached an age where you tend to just stop listening to new music, period. And so I think a lot of people have missed out on With Teeth, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I love With Teeth and Year Zero and everything after. Like, I feel like a lot of people just, you know, after college, they kind of just stick to what they knew. Um, but because I don't have that, I was just eagerly and I didn't, I didn't have to wait any number of years between the albums. I didn't have to wonder what the next album will sound like. I just got to dive in. And so it made it easier for me to kind of find some connective tissue musically, even if it had a bit of a tonal difference. Um, and I could just keep enjoying everything that Nine Inch Nails is, which is very eclectic. There's, there's I mean, there's obviously so many things that make, um, everything kind of worked together but there's also many different sounds and he's evolved so much and changed and grown so much as a songwriter it's really cool were there any songs that you tried to do your version of that just did not work yeah let me look at my list of oh, like, all my <laughs> songs that i've tried L listen so the way that this album worked for me is i would decide like to to try pretty much everything. I would try everything that in, it was exciting to me and I would do 30 seconds of the song rather than the entire demo just to see like what is it doing? How is it sounding? And some of the songs like 
were really challenging because, for example, I have four different versions that I started of March of the Pigs before I found the one that I like. And I did a ver- I did a version of Reptile that is very aggressive and very um, true to the original. And it wasn't until the night before I flew out to New Orleans to record the album that I did this pass uh, in my bedroom, you know, so exhausted, crack a dawn, just working on it up all night. And that was it. And it was just like, wow, I I found a way to do it. And I'm still trying to figure out what are some different songs that I might add as late additions because there are so many Nine Inch Nails songs to choose from. And I'm really trying to have this like big like sample platter almost of what Nine Inch Nails can do. But I'm also trying to use these songs to tell a bit of a personal story of like, I don't know, this like last couple of years of my life. And I'm still working on stuff, um, still deciding what's going to make it to the album, what's going to make it to the B-sides, what's going to be thrown to the trash. Um, So, okay, one song that I really would love to do that I cannot figure out yet, it seems easy, is Only. So I love Only, but I can't find a way to separate myself from that hi-hat disco beat, which there are drums on this album or, you know, there are beats, programmed drums. Um... It's hard to here here's what makes a, a a cover of mine not work in my opinion. If it sounds like I'm not adding anything to the song, it's it's a wash for me. So if I can make it um something if there's something that is uh, tweaked and adjusted it, and I could say that's my take on this song, like then it's a win. Um that said, there are a couple songs where it's really close to the original, but I think just having it in my voice changes it. For example, I'm really excited about my cover of The Becoming. And one of the ways that I've made it sound different, um, <clears throat> in addition to it being in a woman's voice, um, is I've used samplings from like my own life, like phone recordings of like abusive relationships that I've been in or like me crying or like finding ways to kind of make it very female and very much from the perspective of me um but musically it's quite similar other than i'm you know if if nine inch nails is up to 11 i'm taking it down to like a five is the concern about not changing something enough why one of your stretch goals seems to be your reservation to cover hurt yes so hurt in my opinion so clearly already belongs to two men and for me to try it is so asinine <laughs> because like it's such a great Nine Inch Nails song and then so many people think that Johnny Cash wrote it just because of how much he owned it so the idea of trying to do something that <clears throat> has already been done so masterfully seems like a fool's errand it feels kind of like <clears throat> almost disrespectful of me to even try it because it's already you know to quote George Harrison in The Simpsons it's been done um <clears throat> that said I am open to trying it. It just is going to take some arm twisting. If we reach a stretch goal, I'm I'm willing to cover just about anything. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard to find a way to add new life to something that is so alive. I actually, for a long time, tried to cover um, "Right Where It Belongs," and I'm doing that one. That's one that I fucking I, love. I love that song. And I was like, oh, I know what I do. I'll just do like a stripped down single acoustic guitar kind of version of it. And then yep. I found there's already a version of that that he did. So I'm like, all right, we'll see. I know. That is something, too, because there are so many um, different versions of his songs. Um, it's it's tricky. You got to do your homework of like what has been done. And um, 
those remixes actually i do a cover of i don't know if this will make the album or the b-sides but i do a cover of great destroyer and i actually was really inspired by the remix version i thought that what the remix version did with the melody was really compelling and so at this point like it's almost a hybrid of those two songs and um another thing that i'm doing <clears throat> is i am mashing up a beatles song and a nine inch nail song this will probably be a b-side but I'm doing the song Piggy uh, mashed with the song Piggies by the Beatles. <laughs> and so it was an idea that my friend Brian had because um, <clears throat> I was trying to think of like, what can I do to make this a little bit more unique? And it, I found a way to make those chords work together where it instantly goes into one of the bridges of Piggies. I think it's really cool. I think it's really bizarre too. So it's definitely something where I have to divorce myself from caring what Nine, Nine Inch Nails diehard fans might think, because I'm sure there would be people who think like, how dare you? How dare you put a Beatles song in the middle of our perfect Nine Inch Nails song? But, you know, from my understanding, Trent uh, Reznor is a big fan of uh, Paul McCartney, so I shouldn't worry too much. That actually reminds me, on the Kickstarter, you mentioned, you're, you're quick to mention this isn't like a gimmick project. Not were, at all. Were people calling you out saying it was? Or are you just braced mm, for only it? Only in my mind. Okay. Um, <laughs> no. So uh, I needed to make that distinction because historically my music is of the com comedic uh, brand. I, I The thing is, is that I don't find any of my songs to be comedy with a capital C. For those who are unfamiliar with my music, you know, I used to go by Cosby Sweater, rest in peace, that band name. And uh, my songs are like these very earnest love songs the thing that makes them somewhat comedic is that they are about comedic topics. So I would write love songs about the show Freaks and Geeks or about the Steve Martin movie The Jerk or about Millhouse from The Simpsons. And obviously, I know that the word tromboner is funny <laughs> and it's going to make you laugh. And when I'm singing, everything's coming up Millhouse, but nobody likes you at all. Like, obviously, I know that there's humor to that. But what but what's important to me is to make it clear, like these are songs first and foremost before they are jokes. And also, I would want people to like this music, even if they don't know what I'm singing about. That said, I'm put on comedy shows and comedy festivals often. Um, and my Rick and Morty stuff, like to me, like that's even less funny than my Cosby sweater stuff. But because I'm singing about cartoon characters, it's really easy to assume that it's, you know, it's it's like Fly to the Concords or it's like Garfunkel Notes or something. And I also, you know, deeply love music comedy. Um, I would say that it's pretty fair to categorize me as a, you know, music comedian. Um, that said, it, I really didn't want anyone to think that I was doing what Richard Cheese does. Are you familiar with Richard Cheese? Oh, yes. I love him. And he's wonderful. For those who don't know, like he basically does um, these really cool uh, jazzy arrangements of like Nirvana or like different, you know, probably some metal stuff. But my you know, uh, my introduction was the Osbournes theme. He does crazy. Oh, training. my God. Yes. Yes. And so, um, you know, I love that. But like to me, like that is uh, clearly a gimmick and there's nothing wrong with there being a gimmick. It's just his act is what if we took expand and did it in this way and i and listen i really couldn't love that more i wanted mine to be a little bit more nuanced and not what people might expect from me which is what if it's nine inch nails but it's folk like that's a little bit of a gimmick like i wanted to have it sat i wanted this album to sound 
a bit like me and a bit like Nine Inch Nails. And so I'm working on this hybrid sound to, you know, really pay homage to my love of Nine Inch Nails and then also add what I think could make for an interesting collaboration in a way, musically, not, you know, literally, but like finding a way to make it mine while still just really, really paying tribute to what I love about the originals. Also in your video for this, you mentioned that you basically don't want to stop doing these. Why Never. I, why I want stop? this to... <laughs> you sound, you You're still, right. <laughs> it feels like you did put a, a, a finite number of songs or like maybe it's the studio time that you have to pay for, but like why, why bother stopping? Yeah. To me, the only reason that I'm not making this album, um, you know, have like 20 songs on it or whatever is one, I'm making it available for vinyl, which I'm so excited about. And there is literally a limit on how many songs you could have on sure. vinyl. It will not fit. Um, but I also really care about having a really interesting um, flow with the songs. And sometimes, you know, less is more. And that's why I decided I would have essentially this B-sides, which I think I'm going to call all the Mida Kuka Kuda bins. Um, but I wanted to have... Um, for, for those who who like the behind the scenes stuff and don't mind it being not so polished, because I would have to pay for mixing and mastering, which is so expensive when done well. Um, I wanted to make those songs available just because I love working on them. And I kind of just want to, <laughs> I just want to share it with people who are interested. Um, but I also know that some of them are not as good as the others. Like I, I have a, a cover of The Only Time. I have a cover of Sunspots. I have um, Starfuckers. I have God Given. Like I love what I'm doing with those, but they're a little weird. And like The Only Time sounds a little bit more like a song that I should be having Janelle Monet sing because it's got that princey type of undertone to it. And, you know, Sunspots, I was doing something like when I first heard it, I was like, this kind of sounds like a stripper song. So I should make it sound like really strippery and like... I was being really experimental because I hadn't quite found the pocket of the tone I was going for at the beginning. I was kind of just throwing stuff to the wall and seeing what stuck. And as the, pro the you know, as the album has progressed, like I've kind of gotten a little bit better at knowing what Nine Inch Nails peeled back sounds like. Um, I'm very, very curious to hear Sunspots now. So I'm looking forward to that one because you said a stripper song. My brain, of course, went to pour some sugar on me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I imagine. Um, so with with this project, you've been and, you know, your new love of Nine Inch Nails, there's, of course, the connection to uh, David Lynch, because Trent and David have worked together on stuff in the past. He was in uh, Twin Peaks, like you said, or the band was in Twin Peaks, like you said, a million years ago on the Fire Talk with Me podcast. You throughout the entire run, you mentioned doing a Twin Peaks album or EP or something. Has this yes. rekindled that at all? It has. I, I'm looking for what my next project is going to be after this project is done. Um, I would love to do uh, something original that is still like an ode to what I love. And I just I, I've recently started a Twin Peaks rewatch and I remember some of the little songs that I wanted to make. I, I really wanted to make a song about Nadine called Little like Little Brown Mouse. She's talking about how, you know, Ed always had a crush on beautiful cheerleader Norma and how Nadine was just this little brown mouse. And I just thought that that was the sweetest, saddest thing because up until that point in the show, like, you don't really like Nadine. Like, she's played for laughs. She's annoying. She's, you know, she's obsessive with her silenced uh, curtain <laughs> opener or whatever. Like, she's, and it's so obvious that Ed and, and Norma are supposed to be together. 
But in that one moment, that's the moment of the show where I was like, I have to make an album. And I would absolutely love to revisit that. And now that I have a little bit more um, experience uh, because of this Nine Inch Nails album with uh, arranging and, and experimenting with sounds and even just pushing my vocal quality a little bit, I've been experimenting with kind of belting and um, kind of not screaming, but not far from it. Like I've been experimenting with this stuff because of the Nine Inch Nails songs that I'm covering. I feel like I'm in a better place to try a Twin Peaks uh, concept album. Very cool. Um, I That's kind of all I've got for you because we wound up just jumping all over and covering every question I had and everything else I had. Um, sure. Was there anything else that you wanted to touch on with this? Because I know we've got, like I said, as of this, when this goes out, it'll be about a week and a half left on the Kickstarter. Do you have an ETA for when the actual album will be out? Is it going to be like a general release after Kickstarters are all got theirs and stuff like that as well? So the plan for the album release is that Kickstarters, um, everyone who's backing will receive uh, the digital download uh, first before anybody else does. And uh, vinyl is taking a long time right now, but I'm I'm trying to find distributors that will still be able to get it to the backers before it's released publicly. Originally, I was thinking that April would be feasible. I'm thinking more likely May release uh, is what we're looking at because we fortunately just got uh, reached a stretch goal where I get to add strings on every song, which is so exciting and adds so much, um, but it's going to take some time. Sure. And so um, I'm thinking May. And then for everybody else, still thinking a little, like, you know, maybe later May, but uh, all the updates will be on Kickstarter. Um, and I'll continue to use that as a platform to communicate the updates on the album and where we're at. Um, so if you donate, you'll be able to follow along the process there. Very cool. Well, thank you for coming on to Far By Metal. Uh, you alluded to a potential tour of this, and I hope it comes around these parts. Uh, should it actually happen? That'd be neat. Yeah. Where, where are you guys located? Uh, I'm in the greater Sacramento area, so I usually dip down to the Bay for shows. Absolutely, I'm going to be in the Bay. That's yeah. easy. Of course. For sure. <laughs> All right. If you want more Allie Gertz, you can find her everywhere at Allie Gertz. That is A-L-L-I-E-G-O-E-R-T-Z. That's AllieGertz.com. She's at Twitter at Allie Gertz, Instagram, all that stuff. Then if you want to help fund this Kickstarter as I did, you've got just under two weeks to contribute money and help her get to all her goals, including more songs, uh, potentially a cover of all of Pretty Hate Machine and more. Then I would like to thank you for listening and encourage you to head over to farbandmetalpodcast.com. There, if you're in a band, you can hit me up to be on the show. You can find past episodes and a lot of other fun stuff. Then the theme song is Farband Metal by the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Central Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox Production.